Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. So, you know, we're uh, we're enjoying the uh, the rollout of increasing video interviews mm-hmm. that we've been doing. That's mm-hmm. been fun. That's and, been good. Uh, You've done a great job. Well, you know, it was. It, what's nice is, is we were sort of forced into it because you know Jimmy had to travel, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll just do interviews, and uh, you know, I, I tried one called Streamyard, and it was like, you know, it, it was like four hundred bucks a year, but not a lot of uh, customizable features. This some, mm. and then I was talking to Dean Lentini. Uh, or lentil, I would, Dean. I always forget your last name. It's like a weird one. Anyways, uh, but he has a really cool live streaming setup that he does uh, in Canada, and uh, real good guy. He'd be fun to have on the podcast to talk about like technology, social media, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how you do ministry, and all that stuff. Uh, and he does long form like you know live stuff, and he just did one on like outlining scripture passages, right? So, uh, anyways, I, I I got him on on the blower to say, hey, how do I do that. Like, how do you do what you're doing? Because it looks really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has a camera and he talked me about through all this stuff. But the main thing was, is he says, I'm using Ecamm for the graphics and all that. So we've transitioned to that successfully uh, for the interview with Sam Renahan. And um, I'm really happy with what that's what that's going to allow us to do, even to potentially go and maybe do some some live stuff. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So Jimmy and I have been playing with it so that we can use it at the same time when we're in the room together, as well as when he's away, mm-hmm. we can still mm-hmm. hop on. So you should expect more video content, and uh, we'll have some more guests on because, uh, yeah, we've figured out, we're figuring out how to do it. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Getting good. So people like it. I don't, I, you know, it's, it's funny like that, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to look at you. No, I hate looking at you. I mean, but here we are looking at each other. I, we're dealing I don't know with why it. anybody else would want to look at us mm, uh, to poke fun at. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's to have a. Maybe they could feel a sense of superiority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel good about themselves. You know, like, oh, all right, you know. So we get it. But some of you, so we are working on it. And uh, give us feedback, man. Let us know what you're thinking, or and always want to know who do you want us to talk to. Here's the thing. We're really only going to bring people on that we like mm-hmm. or people that maybe we don't know them enough to know if we like them or not, but their their teaching is good. Like we, yeah. we want to have yeah, them on yeah. because they are the person to have on. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to make recommendations, but you know, we're not going to be doing the whole, you know, well, why don't you have on the opposing view? Because that's because we don't care. Like we don't want it. That's not what we're doing. Like, yeah, that's great for other podcasts, but we just want to give guys the, uh, the good recommendations, mm-hmm. the good stuff, good conversations that we have fun with. So, uh, yeah. We're just going to do us. And we, mm-hmm. This is our podcast. That's right. Yeah, we get to do what we want. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun. So we're good, going since 2016, man. Really? 2016. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah. six years in. My goodness. That's, that's crazy. Still going. Six years in. Six years. How many episodes do we have? Uh, well, a lot. If you're just counting the proper doctrine and devotion episodes, mm-hmm. like that we count in order, 623, I believe. Wow. But we're way over that if you count all the bonus episodes mm-hmm. and things like that. And 
not counting any of the all access stuff. Yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Um, we would be way, way up. But uh, yeah, we're at like 623, which means I think this year we might hit 666. That'll have to be a special episode. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Got to play some Iron Maiden number of the beast. What is wrong with I'm you? I'm just saying like that, you know, it's a biblical number. What is wrong with you? What? It's a. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's, it's the mark of the beast, mm. man. And, you know, people that have that. It's weird because like Christians are kind of like hotels. Like hotels don't like to have the thirteenth floor listed on the on the mm-hmm, buttons, mm-hmm, so they skip it. Mm-hmm, so there mm-hmm. is a thirteenth floor. It's just called fourteenth. And like a lot of Christians, like they won't, they don't, they get uncomfortable if six 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 is somehow associated with their phone number mm. or uh, their their follower count or whatever it is. I just think it's funny. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get it tattooed on me or anything. No, no, I don't no, want. No. I don't want it to be my number. No, no. But no, I'm just no. saying, like you know, I ain't worried about it. No. Nah. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. People are funny. So are you excited for church on Sunday? I am. And uh, are you Uh traveling? Are you getting ready to take off again anytime soon? Maybe. How soon? I don't know. Month? Okay. I got a month. I will take it. Next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 This month. Uh, <laughs> um, anything new? Anything? Anything? Anything uh, going on? Any, no new developments mm-hmm. in your life that you want to share with the listeners? Nope. Not uh, are you? Are you winning in your step count? I know that you and your friends do steps. You're all competing. You're not doing that anymore. No, we all we all track each other. Yeah, like we know where we are. Yeah, yeah. Though those, that that means there's competition. No, oh, I thought you meant like no, there's formal competitions than informal. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Informally competition. Informally, but competition. I don't know if it's an actual yeah. competition. Oh, I know it is because you you've basically said, "Oh, I got to I got to beat that number." Because oh, uh, that was before you're yeah. talking. You're going old school. No, now. I'm talking like a month ago. That was my for my own personal. I got to beat it. No, you're you're competing with other people. You're mm-hmm. talking about yep. You were ta- you mentioned somebody and you're like, no, they they got this and I got I got I got I got to hit that. I don't remember. Yeah, I do. But the thing is, is everybody in my house is doing the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. So but, uh, so, so not everybody in your house. No, no. everybody that counts. Is doing that. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you don't count as a person? No, not for that. I just go sit in my recliner. That's what I did. my new thing. Just sitting in it? Yeah. Well, I fall asleep in it too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then they tell me how loud I snored once I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I am an embarrassment. No, mm. no, you're not, Joe. Yeah, no. no, you're great. I, I can accept it. I can accept it. It was like, it, honestly, it was like the most thoughtful gift I think I've ever received. The, was that recliner? Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't we talk about that? No. So uh, for Father's Day, they got me a recliner. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Because when I come home and I'm tired, uh, we have a couch, and there's usually at least one kid on it and two dogs, and so there's nowhere for me to sit there. Mm. It's it kind of kick back. And then we have these two high-back grandma chairs that are not comfortable to sit in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm either... Either I just kind of sit at the counter or I sit on the floor. And sometimes I'll just go and they'll just go upstairs and lay down. Like, well, I want to be around everybody. But then I'll go upstairs and lay down. So, and like, I don't like, I, I want to, I wish I had a lazy boy. Like, that'd be nice. Like, you know, dad should have a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Jen does not like the aesthetic of a lazy boy. Like, she just pictures like the big brown leather fat chair. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she, we got a certain style. And, uh, and I know she's not going to go for that. And I've never pushed for it. And then uh, for Father's Day, they uh, they got me a very cool, stylish, gray, comfortable recliner. And uh, and she told all the kids, that's Dad's chair. You can sit in it, but when he's home, you get out. Do not, you know, get mm-hmm, out of that chair. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's been uh, it's been really nice. That's like it was very thoughtful. That is very thoughtful. But apparently, they all felt really bad because they saw me. They told me this. They saw me sitting on the floor in the living room. <laughs> 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 I wasn't mo- I wasn't trying to manipulate. Uh, I just happened. Like, where else am I going to sit? And uh, so yeah, I got that lazy boy. It's my. It's a very thoughtful gift. That is extremely yeah. thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they I the, all when on Father's Day there was just a sign, recliner goes here, and I was like. Is that what I think it is? And mm. they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't want you to. I know you don't like the, the lazy boy. She's like, it's not a lazy boy. <laughs> no, we found a good one. There it's you cool. go. There you go. Yep. That's the only new thing in my life. That, that's an important and, thing. And that show, The Old Man. Oh, here we go. Woo. Woo. Man. You love that show, huh? That's a good. I like it when old people are like kicking butt. I like it because I'm getting old. You, you know, are getting old. I'm getting old. And uh, like that show, that movie, Nobody. Did you ever watch that? Yep. Yep. Come oh, on. That was That's good. fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. So that good. was good. Yeah, man. So I like, oh, Keanu Reeves, is, he's getting up there, man. So yeah. I like, I like that. But he's still doing it. He's still doing still it. Doing Everybody loves Keanu. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Ain't nobody have a problem with him. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, uh, no, nothing else is going on. Nothing. To, we've dealt with the drama on Twitter, unless it's come up, you know, after we've recorded this. We've dealt with any drama, any any call outs. We've yeah, dealt with all that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, that's about it. Well, I guess we can get into. We got an email. Yeah. We got uh, DQ'd. Mr. Longform. This guy, Jonathan, he wrote us a, a, a tome. Goodness. All right, ready? Okay, take a deep breath. Jimmy and Joe. Uh, <laughs> Joe and Jimmy. Whatever. Jimmy and Joe, fine. Thanks for all the time you put into the podcast and the D&D conferences. You both have encouraged me through a tough season of ministry and challenged me with your biblical approach, always making me think even if I don't agree with you. Also, don't ever stop the banter. That's right. That's right. My question relates to the conversation both of you had regarding J.D. Hall and disqualification from ministry due to a medical addiction. While both of you use the word, quote unquote, disqualified, I'd like to hear you discuss this further. While addiction is a medical issue, it is also a spiritual one. However, I'd love to hear the two of you contrast that potential disqualification with JD and other pastors, especially some in the CBN, who consistently create division, engage in slander, argue in bad faith, and are generally obnoxious and ungracious <laughs> toward others in the name of, quote unquote, truth. Ooh. Ooh. Go ahead, Joe. Continue. The, uh, the qualifications for ministry in Titus 1 mention addiction once, while character issues such as not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not a bully, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled, seem to indicate that the real pastoral disqualification with a lot of the SBCCB and Twitter warrior pastors is their constant sin toward others. I have heard you criticize tone before, by the way. Not, okay. On occasion, we've mentioned tone. Anyways, but a lot of the exchanges point to deeper spiritual issues of arrogance, pride, and selfishness, things that Paul clearly seems to address. Why is addiction a slam dunk disqualification, but not a continued pattern of bullying? TLDR, uh, what does TLDR mean, Jimmy? Uh, Too long, didn't read. There you go. In case you don't know, now you know. So here's a summary. In light of Titus 1, shouldn't the obnoxious and unrighteous behavior of pastors online and in person be a clear reason for disqualification, even more so than addiction? Thanks, guys. You're the best. Mm. Hey. You're the best around. around. 
I don't know. It's not about get you down. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Jonathan, thank you for the thoughtful email. That's that's very kind. Very mm-hmm. very very cool. Uh, well, a couple things on the the JD. I, I don't think addiction is necessarily a slam dunk disqualification. It depends on the dis, uh, addiction, how, what's happened, like what stage. There's a lot of factors that would go into it. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if I found out that one of the elders had become dependent on on a pain uh, pill that they were prescribed, uh, they wouldn't automatically be disqualified. We would investigate, find out what's going on. Yep. How deep does this go? Do they need to rotate off? Uh, you know, do, does this need to be made public? We would investigate it all. Um, but yes, uh, but the ongoing abuse of narcotics, yeah, like drunkenness, would generally be a, a, for, a reason to be disqualified yeah. uh, from ministry. And uh, But I, I don't know, there are, there are a few slam dunks when it comes to like disqualifications, right? And uh, and we could talk about what some of those might be, um, but in the case of what you're you're bringing up here, these these issues that you know some pastors uh, seem to exhibit, or these these tendencies that some pastors seem to exhibit, uh, bullying, uh, abusive language, mm-hmm. uh, you know, misrepresentation, lying. We've actually been really clear about that stuff uh that these things do disqualify a pastor at least potentially depending on how far it's gone um this is this is why we were in favor of mark driscoll being pulled away and coming under discipline at Mm -hmm, his church mm -hmm. to hopefully eventually be restored he wasn't sexually immoral he wasn't doing any of that stuff but he was a bully and he was being ungodly in some of his relationships so yes uh we actually agree that uh the that a, a person or a pastor's behavior online should be taken very seriously. And uh, they don't get a pass. They shouldn't get a pass just because it's online or because they're speaking in the name of truth. Yeah. Like how we conduct ourselves matters. Um, and scripture is very clear on this, that the, there are ways in which we should be speaking the truth. Not just speak the yeah speak the truth, but there are ways in which we're supposed to do it, and uh, the the call to, for example, love, to be patient, uh, to be gentle, all of that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. So we thought we would just kind of walk through a, a couple of questions that may help uh, help us all kind of think through again uh, disqualifications or uh, you know being DQ'd from ministry. So Jimmy, what is it that disqualifies a pastor from serving? I mean, obviously, we have a list of qualifications in uh, in First Timothy and in Titus, and so are we? Do we expect elders at churches to perfectly exhibit those, and there to be uh, no inconsistency or any sin in that in those areas? Uh, and then it, once they once like, oh, they're not supposed to be hot so like this, like this notion of one and done, yeah, kind of a thing. I mean, I think it has to be a, an exhibited, exhibited pattern. Right, it has to be a, an exhibited pattern of behavior with no repentance. That would certainly be a part of it, right? No repent, no remorse, no mm-hmm. regret, no mm-hmm. conviction. Does it always have to be an exhibited pattern? What if it's not a pattern? What if? It's, well, it depends on. Well, yeah, I mean, if there are some things, there right? are some things that are like you're I having mean, a, you, you, you're having an affair. Well, maybe well, that would be a pattern. All right, uh, they 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 well, hi, they went to a strip club. I mean, you go once, you're out. Yeah, I would say that's uh, doesn't need to have a pattern there. No, you went once, you're out. No, yeah. And so I, I think there are there are probably some not probably there are definitely like you know if you're you know there are certain things that you that one might do that would be immediate like okay yeah. this is like you know oh you stole money from the church yeah out 
okay, well, that we can't trust you with that now. So you're, you're going to be disqualified. That doesn't mean that there isn't the opportunity for restoration at some point years down the road, maybe depending on the offense. Uh, I think there are certain things that there's just no coming back from. Yeah. Uh, I think you, you, you abused a child. I don't think there's coming. I don't think you come back from that to step back into pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. I think you're out. You're done. It doesn't mean God's done with you. Uh, it just means that you, you, I don't think you can occupy that role. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we, we, we look at the, at the qualifications and it, it certainly is, uh, a, a big list, right? When you start looking at that, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a weighty thing, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be above reproach, right? Is the big, is the big term. And then, you know, faithful to their spouse, Devoted to their spouse. Yep. Sober minded, self-controlled, self-controlled, right? Well, so yeah. what, what if somebody's suddenly not self-controlled? Is that an automatic? Well, it's what does that lack of self-control look like? How is it manifested? How is it yeah, exhibited in their it, lives? Yeah. Is there repentance? So you know, somebody being disqualified from ministry usually isn't, simple right it's um sometimes it is sometimes it's just very uh, it's a very simple uh it may be it's not easy right but it's simple it's like oh this is a they did this they're gonna have to be mm-hmm, removed mm-hmm. um so it's uh but it should i think it should be something that is um clear enough in scripture that that warrants a response by the elders and by the church. It, there, there needs to be something there that is uh, demonstrating harm to themselves mm-hmm. uh, or to mm-hmm. the church. And mm-hmm. of course, if it's harmful to themselves, it's going to be by, by way of, you know, consequence harmful to the church. Um, but what, what, what typically disqualifies people from ministry like what's when when people think oh that guy's disqualified from ministry what are the things that typically come to mind well like we mentioned before like having an affair right having an affair that's one of the most common most common uh uh abuse of any form yeah yeah that'll do it that'll do it um those are the two big ones uh well you mentioned stealing yeah and theft and theft yeah those are the three that i think of right so like there's uh there's there's abuse in various forms uh, usually not bullying. The people usually get a pass on the bullying a lot of the time, which they shouldn't. Nope. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, sexual immorality, abuse, and theft. But uh, this guy's right. We don't hear a lot of pastors being disqualified from ministry uh, because in their interactions with people online, they have been uh, ungodly, ill-tempered, they have been lying or misrepresenting people. We, we do see mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. happen. And I guess I'd like to know why you think that is. Why, why do you think pastors oftentimes get a pass for conduct that should disqualify them? And maybe, maybe we should give examples, right? So let's say a pastor is online bullying a victim of sexual abuse. And uh, maybe this person has uh, one one in particular that's coming to mind is, is Jennifer Lyle. Um, she is, is a well-known person on social media in the Southern Baptist world because uh, she experienced sexual abuse by a professor and, you know, him being over her, you know, had that, that power dynamic, that influence. And so what people like to say is, to her and about her on social medias they're going after her saying things like well like you were a willing participant uh in this like you like you 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 had an affair basically is how they put it 
And so, and we saw you talking in like, you know, on campus with that person, you seemed fine. So, hmm. you know, it's just this really ugly attack against her or, or people like that. And so let's just say, and I don't, I'm not thinking of any pastor in particular who, who is doing that because I'm not familiar with who is saying what in this, yeah. in this world. But uh, let's say a pastor is, is, you know, mercilessly, uh, you know, attacking somebody online who is innocent, uh, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be dealt with in this way, a sister in Christ. Why do you think they get a pass? And, and, and how would you guys handle it if I was doing something like that? online towards a person so first why do they get a pass i think one if they there there might be the sense or i wonder one how many people in the congregation actually know that they're doing that right that's that's fair do you know what i mean how many how many they actually see their social media presence and follow them like to the extent right, right? it's uh, a small percentage of people that are on twitter in america yeah. and it's a very small percentage of those people who actually use it yeah yeah and so maybe they just don't know Two, uh, a person like that. Um, now, I'm assuming here. I'm, I'm, this is broad brushstrokes, right? right? Uh, an individual like that that's willing to do that online may very well have some controlling aspect in the church already. Sure. So they've already kind of got their thumb on people. Ain't no one standing up to them, right? Or they act completely different online versus in person mm. because some people are cowards. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a good point. I, I think I think some people would even see how they are online and go, well, that's not how he really is. He's coming off that way, but that's not who he really yeah. is. Maybe they give him a pass for that. Mm -hmm. um, they only have 140 characters. Yeah, so, so hey, it's going to come off a little bit more you know, just give, yeah, sharper than it's intended. Yeah, well, you know, if you, you give him the benefit of the doubt and you kind of read it all, he's just asking questions, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a part of it. I think you're right about the control aspect. Some of those guys would be very controlling and people are, are fearful of, of correcting them. In some churches, I mean, you saw the whole thing with just with Mars Hill, right? They, yes. they give a pass because there's some sort of quote unquote fruit and growth that is happening on the church floor, you know, yeah. at, at, on the ground. Yeah. It's like, or like, and you've brought this up before, they have the mantle. Yeah. Right. Like they have the blessing of God. They are the one God put here. So you don't question. God's you don't servant. question. It doesn't matter if there's no fruit. It doesn't matter. Like, so some people, they look at the fruit, like yep. the platform yep. guys. We don't want to get in the way of what God's doing because uh, we can see all this stuff. But even if there isn't that big stuff, sometimes just by virtue of their position, there's they're like, well, that's who am I to speak to pastor? I, I let him do his thing. Yeah. And some people like a lot of churches do begin to look like their pastor. Right. They, they, a, a lot of the time they, they develop the same language, the same temperament, uh, because they're constantly hearing from this same teacher, yeah, this yeah. same preacher. So it wouldn't be uncommon if a person is that way, if they are very bullish, like that guy, Steve Anderson, he's a fundamentalist preacher. He's the guy that like rebuked men for sitting down when they pee. Um, he's, he said he's, he's a famous on, on, on the social medias. He is a super aggressive KJV only mm. You know, and, and a lot of these, these fundamentalist, uh, Baptist pastors, and these are not SBC guys, by the way, these super fundamentalist uh, pastors, they, they were, I mean, they use language that we would never use. Like we would argue that, that the homosexual life is sin. It is, it is, it is corruption. It is bankrupt. It's you know, fine. Uh, but they, he will use uh, derogatory terms. Mm. I don't know about Stephen, but like I've seen videos of these guys 
openly saying, like, yes, I'm going to call them the F word for gays. And uh, and they'll do it from the pulpit. And they're like, yeah, I'm not afraid to use that word. I'll use that word every time because that's what they are. And the congregation is amening and clapping because they have so bought into mm-hmm, this particular mm-hmm, approach. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason I think that some would say, well, well, he's right. I think he's right. Why would I? Why would I? No, I don't have a problem with him being that way. Yeah, let's not sugarcoat this. Part yeah. of the downgrade. He's being a prophet. Like, you know, that guy's just being prophetic. That, yeah. He's not being a jerk. <laughs> he's not being mean. And then, and then they, they cover it like, oh, you just want him to be nice. Oh, like, find me find me a scripture that we're called to be nice. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the argument at all. Um, it's about it, it's about being godly. It's, it's about, about being holy. Holy, gracious, merciful, strong. Pastoral. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's another reason why they, they probably give a pass to people, especially on these issues. You know, there are churches that will give a pass to a guy who had an affair. Those are smaller in number. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but being a bully or being pugnacious is the is the is the word in some translations, like prone to fight, looking for a fight, always looking for a fight. I've, I've been seeing this. And that's what made me tweet that tweet the other day. Hmm. Is because I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm in my garage because it was raining, I think, or something. And I'm in my garage having a cigar. And I'm I'm just, I'm thinking about like, there are some pastors that love to fight. They they have to fight. If they're not in the fight, they feel like they're not really engaged. Mm. And while, of course, there is a fight that we need to be about. Like there is a spiritual fight. Uh, we f- we defend the faith. We contend for the faith. I get all of that. But if they're like in your denomination, if there's not a big fight over the faith, they'll find another fight. They'll sometimes start the fight, create the fight, manufacture mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. fight. And it's like, or they'll just, they'll pick another fight. Like, okay, so now this is the fight that's happening that I can see. I'm going to be all about that. And that love for combat, that love to just, you know, mix it up and get aggressive is, it, well, it's, it's not, it's not a healthy dynamic of a person's personality. Uh, we have to be willing to fight. We have to be able to fight. Absolutely. Hmm. But, uh, I, I see, I see a lot of this, man. People just looking for the opportunity to get sur- really aggro. Oh yeah. With other people. Yeah. 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 Just, uh... So, Okay, so we have we have people that are that are bullying. Um, you know, I, I think that. Well, let, let me let me look at these qualifications here real quick. All right, uh, let's see. Devoted to one wife, mm-hmm. faithful steward, must not be. Uh, or sorry, must be humble, not arrogant. Must be gentle, not quick tempered. Must be sober, not a drunkard. Uh, must be peaceful, not violent. Uh, financial integrity, not greedy for gain. Hospitable, lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, able to teach, spiritual mature, respectable, example to the flock, uh, and, and respectable in the community. Right. So you're in Titus, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, looking through. Yeah, it, yeah. It's cool. And I, I mean, I'm in Timothy. Uh, mostly the, the, the same stuff, right? You know, not a lover of money, not a drunkard, mm-hmm. um, not violent. But it's like this, you can see in the in this passage, right? Like it it is critical that leaders in the church have uh, have a certain temperament even yeah right so now there's range there like you know some guys are are more bold and or animated or intense some guys are a bit more soft i mean like that's that's all fine but 
we, we have pretty clear parameters here. The idea that you would be self-controlled applies to a whole lot of areas. It's yeah. not just like, do they drink too much or eat too much? It means like, well, no, do, can they control their tongue? You know, can they control their emotions? You know, or are, are, are they the victims of their own emotions? Mm. You know, are they constantly, you know, I, I know a guy, I don't know him, but uh, there was a seminary president who was let go. And uh, from all my conversations with the people at that school is because he had major anger issues and they, they kept manifesting themselves. He just wasn't self-controlled enough to yeah. function as, as president. So like, okay, like that's a, that's a real issue. Like you could be disqualified for anger right now it doesn't just because that you, anger just moves like it's irrational sometimes it could be oh yeah it can move towards hatred for one another it could be you know like we said bullying domineering it could be degrading to others you yeah. know but anger unchecked loosens your morals like if you're really angry you know what i mean it's like i don't i don't want to i don't want to hurt anybody i don't want to hurt anybody yeah but if i saw somebody hurt my kid I would be angry yeah. and I would want to hurt them mm -hmm. badly and way beyond what's appropriate probably, right? Like, so anger just, it, it, you've got to be able to control it. You got to check it. You got to funnel it, right? Like you can use your emotions for good. Yeah, like, that, yeah. That, that's fine. Like, oh, wow, I'm really sad right now because of this. Okay, now where are you going to let that drive you? How are you going to use that? How are you going to leverage it? So yeah, you could be disqualified for, for a lot of these things. And yes, I, clearly some pastors uh should be should be yeah all right but well, then how does like how does the church get ahead of that get ahead of it yeah before it becomes before an issue. it becomes an issue right like because we're all going to struggle we've, we've we've said that like it, it, there's got to be a pattern right uh we're all going to struggle in one area or another or, or you know multiple areas at the same time how then as a church and as a leadership do we get ahead of that so that the individual doesn't get to that point because I mean, yeah. we, we are we're, we're called to love and care. We want to, uh, and we want to take care of these people in position, uh, not protect them in the sense of let's sweep it under the rug, right? But that also protecting and loving them means confronting, mm -hmm. right? Confronting and encouraging them yeah. to repent. Yeah. So clearly, you have to have accountability. Mm -hmm. You have to have uh, a receptivity. Right. Everybody needs now if, if somebody doesn't have the receptivity, it doesn't matter. You still, still got, got the accountability. Still got the accountability. That's so. that's why the plurality of and parity of elders yes. is crucial. You have one dude calling it the Pope. Yep. Okay, then the uh, one bishop. Yeah, then it's you're you're not gonna you can't. You can't really confront I mean, you can try. But when he controls everything, when he's the one in charge, he's less likely to be confronted. So I do think I think you get ahead of this stuff when you have uh accountability, uh you have to, you know, have a sense of, you know, openness. I forget the word I use, but a sense of openness to being corrected. But you also, receptivity, receptivity. But you you also have to have basically mechanisms by which you you do check in. You 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 have to have relationships, uh, but you also have to have procedures in place. Like wow, it, you, and you have to sort of know like what would we do? Like Jimmy, if 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 I, I was if I was online. And I am. But if mm -hmm. I was online and I was acting a fool, embarrassing the church and Jesus mm -hmm. with ungodly words, mm -hmm. what, what's the first thing that would happen? Uh, I would talk to you directly. Right. So one of the elders would be like, hey, man, saw this. Yeah. Well, a little harsh. It's wrong. A little too far. So what's going on? Like, I, 
I would have one tweet that would be bad. I would get asked about it. Yeah. I wouldn't get slammed. Mm -mm. They would be like, that's, you know, and more than likely, like most of these people, I mean, I'm sure some pastors wind up in the pastorate and they're just, they're already disqualified, but they wind up. But I think a lot of guys, they don't start out that way. No. Things happen. And and you, so you have to address a problem when it manifests itself. So like for me, I would, things don't happen in a vacuum, right? So I would sit there and I, I would say, Joe, let's talk about this tweet. And also, let's talk about what's going on in your life. Yeah. Because I'm going to make the assumption here that something else is not clicking. Right. Like, you're, if, if the tweet is angry or bullying, I'd be asking, okay, what's causing that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is it a lack of personal study? Is yeah. it a lack of personal prayer? Is there something going on in your marriage or right. in your family life? Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? Are you overstressed? Are you yep. working too much? Yep. What Are you frustrated, like, in such a manner that you're lashing out online? And we need to, we need to discuss that. You see, it's easy to defend a tweet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more complicated to defend, like, what's going on in your life. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm more likely, I would be more likely to defend a tweet. Like, well, no, this is what I meant. This is what I said. Look at my words. Mm-hmm. Are my words wrong? Was I wrong? And any factually wrong, Jimmy? What's going on? But when you say like, yeah, but that, but that's not how you've normally interacted. Yeah. Is there, can we talk about what's going on in your life? Well, now it's like, oh, well, that, I'm not as, I'm not as eager to defend that stuff. I don't think, hopefully mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And I could maybe see like, oh yeah. But also, I think in, in, in a healthy leadership team, um, most of us are, are receptive to correction. Correct. I think all of us are receptive yeah. to correction, even even if even if it takes a beat, right? Yeah. Because like sometimes we're just initially defensive. We're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. And then it, it settles in. And you're like, yeah, no, I do. I, I, I can. I, now I can see it. it. It took me a moment, but now I can see what you're talking about. And so for me, it, using you as an example, right? It would be a couple conversations. And if it's, if I'm still getting stonewalled, right? Yeah. If you're still getting stonewalled. Well, guess what? This is now part of the agenda for the elders oh, meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in some cases it has to be automatically if it's public and it's out there mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. really like a shameful thing, then, okay, you have the one-on-one and then you let me know, like, we're going to have to talk about this because, yeah. you know, Pastor Jeff ain't looking at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't care about Twitter, yeah. but he needs to know because this is out there. Yep. This affected people. So we have to talk about it. And again, because of plurality, right? Like all of us on the elder team are pretty much like, there are times where I'm like, you know, I'm not sure I see it, but if the rest of the guys see it, right. Um, I'm changing. Yeah. I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably missing it then. Yeah. I, I yeah. must be wrong. Yeah. If the rest of you guys are seeing something that I'm not seeing, I'm, I'm wrong. It would have to be like such a core convictional issue where Jimmy would be like, no guys, I think. Soul scriptura is still the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are, but like, yeah, in in these pastoral situations, we do, and it's happened before where you know we're making a decision. It's a very practical kind of a decision, or something like that, or maybe maybe it's a it's it's a relational thing where another elder might not have the ability to see into a person's life where mm-hmm. another elder has. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take him, yep. you know, at his word there. It's, it's, it's obviously as far as we can. So I think yeah, getting ahead of it, you got to have accountability you got to have receptivity you have to have some some protocols like listen church members have to have the ability to talk to pastors uh you know and here's the truth i i believe that all of our elders are approachable 
I believe that they are receptive to criticism and I've seen them receive criticism. They take it seriously. And like Pastor Brian is like a computer. Right? Mm-hmm. Pastor Brian is a computer. It's like information in, he puts information out. Um, and so I, you, you, some people might think like, oh, well, you know, is he going to feel? Like cause people want to know, like, mm-hmm. do, do you care? Mm-hmm. Brian has a huge heart. And yeah. when he's received criticism, I've seen his head drop. He's like, oh man, there's this criticism. He's not defensive. Nope. None of our elders nope. get defensive about like criticism. They take it serious and they go, okay, so somebody thinks this or feels this. Are they right? And if they're not right, okay, then why are they thinking that? Why are they yeah. feeling that? Like, how do yeah. we remedy how, how did this? I give the, how did I give them that impression? Right, yeah, because oftentimes, yeah, you, you at least have to ask, is this on me? Because that's not what I believe, mm-hmm. but is, is this perception on me? Mm-hmm. So like, our, I think our elders are very approachable, but by virtue of being elders, some people are just naturally intimidated. They're just like, some people hold elders in a very high regard, which is good. It's not bad. Um, but then they're like, ah, I don't know if I can, you know, I feel uncomfortable bringing this up. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had people say like, you know, very timidly bring something up mm-hmm. as a concern. And I'm like, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, for you thank to you. It. Yeah, like that's okay. You know, we had a guy recently, he's not even a member. And I don't think he'll, he might not wind up joining because this is a real problem for him. But he met with us. He's like, hey, man, love Redeemer. It's just so great. Like, I just, we're so happy here. But you guys, you guys actually uh, will sing songs from like, uh, like Bethel. Like, you'll have, you'll have a Bethel song up there every once in a while. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, I have a real problem with that. Here are all my problems. And I listened and I said, well, listen, first of all, your concerns are legit. Those are fair criticisms of, of Bethel. I agree with your criticisms about Bethel. Um, but here's why we do sing the occasional Bethel song. Here's our reasoning behind it. Um, here's how we protect the church. Mm-hmm, here's the culture mm-hmm, that we have mm-hmm. at our church. So I, I laid it all off. I didn't dismiss his concerns. No, no. And he told me, he's like, he's, he shared this concern at, at another church. And they were just like, hey, we're the professionals here. Mind your business. Mm, mm. And I'm like, I would never do that to you, man, because I'm sympathetic to your perspective. Yep. But this is why we've chosen the way we do. And, you know, we're constantly evaluating. And it's possible that we're wrong. It's possible that you're wrong and how we should handle this. But um, so that, let's let's work it out and let's do it. But you, you could. he was very respectful. He was very respectful. He wasn't a jerk. He didn't come in hot. He was just like, hey, I just wanted to bring this up. Here are my concerns. Totally appropriate. But regardless of how they come in, if they come in real hot mm-hmm. or they come in real mild, it really shouldn't matter. You should be willing to take the the words seriously for what they are. Yeah. Take out the tone. Take out all that stuff. You're the leader. So like, be the be mature and go, okay, is what they're saying like serious? Is it is it is it valuable? Because, you know, oftentimes it is. Yeah. It's not it's not just a one and done sort of a thing. All right. So we've got you got to have some accountability in mm-hmm. place. So you, you don't want one guy running the show, but you also don't just want like four guys running the show because we should be held accountable to the congregation. The congregation yes. has, should have the opportunity to, to talk to us about these things, to confront us even at a member's meeting to yep. say, okay, I've got a concern. I've brought this up to them. They don't want to hear it. So I'm going to bring it up here. up here to the members. Fine. That's your right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. We are a congregational church. Um, and here, listen, the only people that I, I, don't, I shouldn't say that, um, this is, that would be an overstatement. Some people are afraid of congregationalism because they don't want to be called on their garbage. I feel like mm. I'm not I'm not afraid of any church member bringing up anything before the other members because I think our church is healthy enough to know truth from error and opinion versus fact. Yep. So if somebody were to bring something up, like if somebody were to and here's the thing, if somebody brought this up about Bethel for example, like a member said, "Hey, I don't think we should be singing a Bethel song. I think this is irresponsible." 
I'm like, okay, well, go ahead and speak to that. And then we would give our rationale. But listen, if the entire body or the majority of the body was like, hey, we are really uncomfortable with this too. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Guess what we're going to get rid of? Like if they congregate, I mean, I would be like, well, we don't need to sing Bethel, but I would, I would mm-hmm. be inclined to make a change uh, if, the, if the congregation felt that way. So I'm not afraid for stuff to come up. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let's, let's bring it up. Because listen, if I am going to look bad, more than likely I need to look bad. You know what I mean? If yeah, it's gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and if it, it's gotten to that point, right? And and if and if if they're making me look bad and it's not fair or it's a lie, then we have the mechanisms to address that. Like this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. true. Yep. Uh, we'll speak to that. And I think we have a relationship with the congregation. We don't have any members that kind of lie, but let's just say somebody did, because I know that does happen at some churches. Uh, they're sharing rumors and spreading mm. like innuendo. Then we would just address it. And I think that we have a relationship with the church where they would be like, "No, that's that's not true. There's no facts here. This is just." guesswork and 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 bad guesswork at that so you need to have that um but i i think with this whole idea of getting ahead of disqualification is a real desire to be a certain kind of people like do what who do we want to be and And and, what do we want to be known for right exactly like what are we about and how do we function you we should and we should even talk about that more right like what kind of elders do we want to be uh, i actually think we do talk about that fairly often mm-hmm. um you know what kind of character is important to us where do we need to be strong where do we need to be kind you know how how does this supposed to look if you're if you're talking about those things and those are up front and we're all agreed like this is the kind of people we want to be then that has an impact on how we function in general i remember when acts 29 uh you know mark was removed Mars Hill was removed. Mm-hmm. Matt Chandler becomes president. And he's, he says, hey, listen, we're going to introduce some new things here. Some new things. We want to be known for humility. That's what we want to be. And we're not. We don't have that reputation. No. Which was true. We want to be known as, a, and I'll tell you what, that actually had a big impact. It had an impact on the culture of the people. It doesn't mean everybody changed on a dime and not everybody needed to change. Some people like Sam Storms, a super humble guy genius brilliant godly man so um but but pushing that forward say we want to be known as as a, as a humble orthodox mm-hmm, mm-hmm. group of church planters and that certainly has happened over the years we've seen that there's a much more humble tone and tenor to the voice of acts 29 than yeah. there was in years past yeah yep so i think that's another way all right so okay you wanted us to talk about it there you go that those are some of our thoughts on getting dq'd from the pastorate uh it could happen listen any pastor can happen to any of us. Any pastor could be disqualified, not like as they currently are, but it doesn't take much for someone to go off the rails. It doesn't take much. It's a few bad decisions, and suddenly you're doing things mm-hmm. that would disqualify you. So I think we need to have a clear understanding of when we it's time to disqualify somebody, but we also need to have a very clear approach to getting ahead of that sort of a thing so our pastors don't get there. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. Uh, you can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast from the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. You know, we got that fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. We got that blog post and video content over at the website. Now, Joe, we've also got that all-access exclusive huh? commercial-free content. What's that? Well, it's a way that you can support the podcast. Oh, I like that. Right? And you get your Banter Truth on Tuesdays, Weekday Wisdom, Monday through Friday. To sign up, you want to click the link on your podcast player for this episode that says support this podcast. Or 
You can head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access and register today. Later. Later.